Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to episode 85 of District of Conservation. Today, you all are in for a treat. I speak with Wyoming's First Lady, Jenny Gordon, about her new initiative, or newly launched initiative, I should say, which is the Wyoming Hunger Initiative and its component, Food from the Field, in terms of how hunters can contribute wild game meat to help offset hunger in the Cowboy State and how this program can be kind of replicated all across the country. So I think you're going to really enjoy that. I also have a companion video if you want to see myself and the First Lady of Wyoming chat that's also available on YouTube. I will link that in the show notes. But here is First Lady Gordon's biography. She currently serves as First Lady of Wyoming. Prior to that, she managed day-to-day operations at Merlin Ranch, the Gordon family's cow-calf and heifer development operation located in Johnson County. Jenny grew up in Omaha, Nebraska until her family moved to Buffalo, Wyoming. Jenny's father, Senior Master Sergeant Robert Muir, served in the Navy, Army, and the Air Force. Jenny's mother, Gertrude Muir, was from Austria. And after surviving World War II in Vienna, she moved to the United States. She learned English and raised the family's 10 children, often with Sergeant Muir serving away from home. Four of Jenny's siblings have served or continue to serve in the armed services. The First Lady received her bachelor's degree in health sciences from the University of Wyoming. She worked for 15 years as a laboratory medical technologist at Sheridan Memorial Hospital. She later served as a field service representative for Abbott Laboratories, where she traveled throughout the western U.S., repairing and servicing laboratory equipment in hospitals, clinics, and private practices. When Governor... Matthew H. Mead appointed her husband to serve as Wyoming treasurer. In 2012, Jenny took over management of the Merlin Ranch full-time. The ranch has garnered national recognition for its environmental stewardship and conservation achievements, as well as efforts to promote the sale of Wyoming beef worldwide. Jenny serves on the board of the Wyoming Stock Growers Land Trust and is a recent graduate of the Wyoming Leadership Education and Development lead class. Governor Gordon and his wife Jenny have four grown children, and a few grandkids. Here is our full conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, First Lady Jenny Gordon, it is such a pleasure to talk to you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on your show. You're well, absolutely. Could you first explain your background and how you developed an interest in hunting? Was there a catalyst moment? Uh, Someone in your family influence you? How, How did you get an interest in hunting? Well, my dad always hunted, but he always took my brothers and, you know, he taught us how to shot, uh, shoot when we were girls. Um, I have six sisters, so we wanted to make sure we all knew how to shoot, but we never really hunted with them. And about eight years ago, the Ladies Wyoming, Ladies Ammo Hunt started in Cross, Wyoming, and I was asked to be on a team and I just jumped at the chance because I'd always, you know, enjoyed going out with them, but never had harvested and of course, that you know, eight years later, I've hunted every year and enjoyed it. That's awesome. How many years have you been hunting now for? This will be um, the eighth year when we go out this year. Every, I, I do it every fall now. 
Wonderful. That is awesome to hear. Now, I want you to talk about the Wyoming Hunter Initiative, which I believe you launched last year, and how you're teaming with Wyoming's Game and Fish Commission to raffle off two separate once-in-a-lifetime commissioner tags to support the program Food from the Field, uh, which enables hunters to share their harvest with those in need of food. And the NSSF called it, quote, Wyoming's solution to hunger. And I believe you can talk more about uh, how you're, how it's assisting 70,000 Wyoming residents. But could you share more about this and what the goal of it is and why you're so passionate about it? Sure. So I grew up in a really large family with nine brothers and sisters, and we always had enough to eat, but it was just enough. Um, but both of my parents grew up in abject poverty. And so they always taught us to be grateful for what we had, to never waste anything and always share with others if we had extra. And so that's always kind of been in the back of my mind, although I didn't realize we didn't have uh, or that we had food insecurity in Wyoming until uh, about five years ago when I was uh, running into a friend at a grocery store who was uh, had two carts full of cereal and fruits. And she was packing backpacks for kids to get over through the weekend because most of their meals were in school and they didn't have a lot at home. And so I was really surprised. And as uh, my husband and I started campaigning when he was running for governor, we traveled around the state. We were hearing more and more that there were these Friday food bags and um, other organizations that were trying to help feed kids. And so when we were fortunate enough to um, get into office, I knew that my initiative would be around childhood hunger in Wyoming. And then just rolling in um, my love of hunting and being able to use that harvest that we're all so grateful to have uh, to help feed others just seemed like a natural fit. That's incredible. And it's customary for first ladies to have singular projects like this. And you said that this was your focus. Yes, I've been working on hunger in Wyoming, specifically childhood hunger. But, you know, what I've noticed about hunger is as you start peeling back um, each layer, it's like an onion. Uh, you find a hungry family. There's also hungry seniors. So uh, there's just a lot of work to unravel. Why do you believe game meat is a good source of protein, especially to those in the homeless community? And, and why specifically that compared to, let's say, conventional food? Well, I think, you know, protein is so important. And of course, out here in Wyoming, we do have a, a, an abundance of those natural resources. And of course, it's very clean. Um, you know, they are adulterated. And so it just seemed like a perfect fit for those um, who really needed that protein for their immune systems or, and just to have health, you know, growth for healthy kids. I just think it's a perfect fit. Right, because across the country, there are a lot of programs like Field to Fork programs, Hunters for the Hungry, and it's kind of a growing enterprise, especially in the hunting industry, and I would say the food world as well. A lot of people are kind of taking an interest in wild game, uh, especially under, in these recent months because people realize meat shortages and other limitations to protein are kind of inhibiting from you know, keeping with traditional meat sources. So they're looking for different ways to do that. Have you noticed a surge or has your husband's administration noticed a surge, especially through the wildlife agency in hunting licenses as a result? Do you, do you see kind of trends towards that? Well, at this point, I know the licenses are just where they usually are, which is um, 
usually high in Wyoming. And with the pandemic and people not traveling, we really thought that the numbers would go lower. The Game and Fish Department did. And so they have happily reported that the number of licenses is, is about where they usually are. So we anticipate a, a regular, you know, good hunting season. That's really good. I've seen almost universally, I, I can't say every state, but in some of the initial figures I've seen, I've seen a lot more hunting license surges, especially with fishing. I think because fishing has fewer uh, barriers to entry, it's a little easier for people. But you do see a surge in hunting licenses as well. And that's really encouraging that Wyoming has that. Yes, we are very excited. And, you know, one thing that the, the Wyoming Food Bank of the Rockies, who is our food bank here in the state, said that they did uh, reach out to all their partners, which is about 160 food pantries, and said, you know, we're doing this program. And do you think you would like to opt out because it's going to be game meat? And they actually wanted, everyone wanted more of it. Wow, that's really good. That's super receptive. Yeah, that, that's very incredible to, to hear. Yeah, because I think some people think the process of hunting is unethical. So to hear that a food bank is largely receptive, to, that's really encouraging. Yeah, and I think sometimes people just aren't sure how to cook it if they haven't actually had the uh, product before. And so we're making sure that we're, we're doing ground um ground meat for all of it, just because it's something that most people are familiar with. And what uh, particular game has been well received? Is it elk? Is it mule deer? Uh, is there anything in particular that people really like to try and, and have through the program so far? Sure. Yeah, here in Wyoming, I mean, we have it all, which is wonderful. I think a lot of folks do really love elk just because, um, you know, I think it's a, a bigger animal. So there is going to be more harvest off of it. And then they can split if they don't want to do a full elk. But, you know, of course, mule deer out here is is uh, what a lot of people come for. So, Right. Yeah, you guys have a great uh, landscape for hunting. I have a lot of friends, and actually this next question I think you're going to really enjoy a lot is, uh, was asked to me uh, by a friend, I think, I don't know if you know Mia Anstein at all, but she told me about uh, Wyoming Women's Foundation, and I've seen some w women, friends of mine from Wyoming, talk at large about this, and they talk about, and I think you, you are involved with this foundation, and how it promotes the Wyoming women's antelope hunt, so talk about that foundation, that program, and this hunt if you can speak to it. Yes, I can. It actually is a wonderful program. It's all about self-sufficiency for women. And I think that's so important to be able to take care of yourself and your family, especially if you're in a situation maybe where you, you know, your funds are, are short during this time. And what the hunt does, it is a, a wonderful weekend. It is, they pair mentor hunters with novice hunters and it's all about really the camaraderie and working together to, to have a successful hunt. And what I loved about it the first year I went is I hadn't hunted before. And the gal I hunted with who I was paired with just made sure that I was comfortable. She let me get the first shot so that I, you know, could harvest and feel good about myself. And um, so it, it really is just all about um, working together and self-sufficiency for women. And how long has the hunt been going on now this is the eighth year so i've done all every year so it's kind of coincided with your hunting journey too that's really awesome absolutely yeah so now i'm one of the mentor hunters which is really a fun position to be in because um you know just seeing that excitement that uh the first hunter has 
It is, you know, it's not about the kill. It's about hunting. It's not called killing. It's called hunting. And so I think just really having a good stock and um, being able to, you know, crawl on your belly across an alfalfa field, um, it just makes you feel like, you know, you're really <laughs> working hard for the for the hunt. How many participants usually come out for the hunt? They usually have around between 45 and 50 hunters. Oh, that's not bad. That's really good. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a decent amount of people. And do most of the female participants uh, successfully harvest a pronghorn sheep? Um, I'm going to love. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, <laughs> I think last year they usually do. I think they may have had like 38 out of 44. Um, and what's really what I love about this this hunt as well is they have all the local ranchers, which our ranch is very close to that area. So we allow that the hunt to take place on our, our land and they all volunteer their their land. They also usually have their ranch managers or maybe someone who works on the ranch be a guide. And those guys love this hunt. They say they would much rather hunt with women than some of the men because it really <laughs> is about a good hunt. Yeah, I think we as a uh, species, I guess, we're a little more patient than the men. That's what a lot of people have told me because I'm fairly new to hunting myself. Although I've grown up fishing most of my life, that was my uh, activity of choice. But I've, I'm a new hunter myself too. And they're like, you're so patient. How is this? I'm like, I just listen. And I think a lot of women are the same way. They're patient. They want to learn the mechanics. They want to be as detail-oriented as possible and not to be error-prone. So that's exactly, I think, a good observation. <laughs> yes, and it's all about the shortest shot, really, and having a good stock. So there is there are no points associated with a long shot. It's really about making sure that you have an ethical kill and that um, you know, you're know you there really doing a good stock on the, on the uh, antelope. Right. Yeah. That's something someone told me to apply to as well. So maybe when I'm a little more experienced, I'll, I'll do the honors of applying and seeing if I can qualify as well, because I haven't hunted in Wyoming yet. But uh, I've heard pronghorn antelope are really good to target. So maybe I may partake in that in the future. And I'll, I'll definitely send people after this interview uh, to your way or to the foundation's way to, to encourage them to participate as well. I think that would be a really good hunt for people to consider if they're new as well. Oh, you bet. And I'd love to host you out here. So please just let us know. It would be an honor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wanted to ask you also kind of a bigger picture thing. Uh, obviously, we've been talking about Wyoming kind of being a great backdrop for hunting and fishing. And there's really a strong conservation ethos embedded in your state, in the cowboy state. And why do you think that is? Is it largely because of policies that your husband and his predecessors have put into place? Uh, could other states model Wyoming better, you think? And what recently has your husband done uh, for promoting the hunting and fishing heritage? Well, I definitely think that Wyoming is um, very fortunate because we do have a very low population. There's a lot of ranching and, you know, ranchers are some of the um, first um, environmentalists, you would say, or, you know, people who really stewards of the land, I guess is a better way to say it. And so people really, you know, they appreciate what we have here in our state. And I do think that um, the Wyoming Wildlife Natural Resource Trust um, that was set up during um, the Governor Friedenthal's administration, that my husband was actually one of the board members um, when it was first set up. So uh, really just being able to make sure that the, what we have here in Wyoming is going to help our life, our wildlife be, um, you know, be better suited, be able to be um, 
you know, have better circumstances. And my husband did recently work on the um, migration corridors for the mule deer here in the state and, and some pronghorn antelope. And that is something that um, an executive order was signed to try to identify those and make sure that those migration routes that are so important to those, um, to the wildlife to be able to be maintained. And, and I think that is, it will be successful for uh, future generations. Yeah, I've heard that Wyoming has really led the way in that. And that's an issue I think many of us are not super familiar with, although I have studied a little bit at length and I know some things federally have passed. It's something Wyoming has done pretty well with. And also, has your husband been tackling the grizzly bear issue? Because I know in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem, that's a challenge, especially with federal agencies determining that the species in that particular region is fully recovered, therefore warranting the listing. And I know Wyoming, I think a law signed to your husband affirmed that uh, those findings, despite the federal judge there. Is that also an issue that's still kind of on the minds of Wyomingans? Yes, absolutely. As well as the wolf issue, um, you know, the yes. predators up in the park area definitely have um, they've migrated out of there. So I think it is something that is, is on the forefront of, of our state. And, you know, they're working hard. But of course, with the federal guidelines and other judgeships, things can happen. So, Right. Absolutely. Uh, let me see one second here. All right, someone also asked me to relay this to you. I think it's a really good question that's not really asked often, uh, but uh, I was asked to ask you, how does taking responsibility for hunting well and being outdoors help develop the virtues of a citizen? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I think it's really important to be respectful of the environment and re be respectful of wildlife. So I think when you're hunting, um, especially when you're in a fair chase situation, it's really you um, against the animal's natural tendencies. And I think, you know, it's it's probably one of the more fair <laughs> times when an animal um, interacts with a human because there, there are times when you you hunt all day and you don't, you don't have a harvest. So I think it really um, gives you patience and also just respect. And being outdoors, I mean, in, in a beautiful fall uh, afternoon or morning, uh, you know, the, that can't be beat. Those are good words of wisdom. I also wanted to ask you, since you're very passionate about bringing women into the fold of hunting, uh, do you have any specific thoughts on how, uh, let's say, it, the State Wildlife Agency in your state and even across the nation, people, agencies, public policy groups, uh, nonprofit organizations, those who work to increase hunting participation, how can they effectively reach out to women and court them in a very genuine way? And what methods have you seen work and what methods don't work in your mind? Well, I think that um, women hunters are some of the, the largest growing of the new hunters. And so I think that um, the Wyoming Game and Fish Department and other agencies have really realized that and are reaching out with things like this women's hunt. Um, I think some of the things that work is uh, the pink camo. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually approved by our legislature. So you can wear orange or pink, which is, is kind of fun, um, even though it might be a little silly. But it's, um, you know, I think just some of the things that don't right. work, I guess, are, are, are these um, long, sh long range shooting things that maybe don't appeal to women, you know, where they prefer to have uh, make sure they don't ha have a shot that's bad. 
you know, that they're able to really um, have a good, good um, shot. So I think those things are really important to make sure that it's appealing to um, women. And do you have a species that new hunters, especially new female hunters should start with? What's your recommendation? Well, I think whatever you like to hunt is is the right thing. Um, I I only hunt antelope, but that's just because of my <laughs> a love of this hunt. But um, one of the gals who's um, her husband is a manager on our ranch. She hadn't hunted before until I asked her to do this hunt, and now she has um, branched out. She's done elk, she's done mule deer, and she just loves you know hunting all species. So I think it just really is depends what you like to do. You know, some people like to hunt turkeys or, or, you know, uh, birds, upland birds. I think it just depends what, what's, um, what you're familiar or happy to do. And it largely probably depends on the region you live in. I would say that's a big factor too. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think, you know, we are, we are very lucky um, around my area, which is Northern Johnson County. You know, we do have elk, um, moose, a bear, a deer, and antelope. So there are some areas of the state that are very, very fortunate. Right. Very good. Uh, well, this is not really related to hunting, but I think it still kind of relates to conservation. I, is Yellowstone reopened again, and can visitors start to come visit? It is. It opened, I believe it was the second week in May. There were only two entrances opened at that time. One was the Jackson, the South entrance, and the other was the East entrance in Cody. Um, But I think since then, some of the Montana entrances have opened. Uh, I know on Memorial Day weekend, we were only 200 cars shy of what they were uh, last year. So I think that people want to get out. They want to, yeah, get in the wide open spaces. So we are seeing an increase in um, tourists there. That's really good. I loved visiting. I think it was maybe 16 years ago when I went. I took a big country road trip with my family. And Yellowstone and Grand Teton were two of the parks we visited. We loved visiting Wyoming. It was incredible. And I think the last time I went was to Jackson Hole in 2015. I'm I'm due to come back <laughs> to Wyoming, but it is such a beautiful state. And I wish more people would explore it. It's, I keep hearing people here on the East Coast tell me that they've never seen the first national park, especially in the, in the name of, you know, Yellowstone, Yellowstone being the first national park having been established in 1872. And I tell them like, you're missing out. If you're not going to this place, it's incredible. You'll get more in touch with the natural world. You can see wildlife uh, because not only do hunters like to pursue it, you can also kind of take yourself out of the hunting situation, just admire them too. I think people like you had mentioned, also forget that you can simply admire them uh, from afar when it's not hunting season. And Yellowstone is a good place to do that. It is. And, you know, there are so many other beautiful places all around the state as well. We have the Red Desert that that grows some of the largest antelope in Wyoming. Um, you have up by Devil's Tower where they do a big turkey hunt. There's a, a goose, two-shot goose hunt down by uh, Torrington. So there really is all over the state some wonderful hunting and fishing opportunities. Have you done much of fishing? And can you recommend good bodies of water that visitors, whether they're um, not necessarily in the region or or those coming from the East Coast or further, uh, what, what would you recommend in terms of fishing spots? Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm a terrible fisherman. And oh. <laughs> if I catch it, I'm going to eat it. Uh, <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with put and take. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a catch and release person, but, um, you know, I have actually uh, fished in um, 
the park. We did a pack trip through the thoroughfare. There's some beautiful waters there. Um, you know, a lot of people like to fish the Bighorn, which is um, up in northern eastern Wyoming. Um, and of course, we have the Miracle Mile down by Casper, Wyoming, which is the North Platte. Um, so there are some really, and Saratoga area as well. There's some beautiful, beautiful fishing. Yeah, I think I did fish uh, somewhere off the Snake River. I forget where, uh, and I was 13 at the time, so it's been it's been a while since <laughs> since I fished there. But no, Wyoming does have both wonderful resources and and access points to go hunting and fishing. Is there anything that you would like to add that we didn't cover through the interview? I would love for my listeners and for viewers, but for the video portion, to kind of uh, maybe learn some more from you. What else do you want to add? Well, I just you know want to reiterate about the commissioner's tags because we're going to use the funds from that to help pay for the processing for the meat that's donated through the Food from the Field project. So if you want to get on, it's nohungerwyo.org. And if you click on the programs tab, you'll see Food from the Field and you can uh, put in for the raffle for the commissioner's tag. And we're really excited about that. That'll be picked on June 12th. And I think the other thing I would just add is that, you know, I think during this time, we all realize how um, fleeting uh, things can be with what's been going on in our world. And, you know, one day you might have a job, the next day you don't. And just to understand that being able to provide and to help your neighbors is so important. So um, I think that this is a real opportunity for people who are fortunate to step up and help those who maybe are in a tough time now, because I know they can pay it forward in the future. Excellent. Wonderful. First Lady Jenny Gordon, it's been such a pleasure to chat with you. I wish you success in this. I hope you can send me some of the results and, and some of the key findings from your initiative in the future. And I hope we can connect sometime in the, in, in the flesh, in, in person at some point. I would love to make your acquaintance. Well, that would be great. And don't forget, you can just come out for the Ladies Antelope Hunt. We'll make sure that you have a spot. Wonderful. Thank you again for coming on. All right. Thank you.